Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Cryptid Chronicles. I am Mike. I'm Dave. And I'm Frank. And today we are joined by a guest, as we are with all our Cryptid Chronicle episodes. She comes straight from her podcast, Cryptid Chat with Yammy. Welcome, Yammy. Hello. Hi, guys. Thank you guys for the invitation. I'm excited. We are also excited to have you on, especially since you specialize in cryptids. So this should be a fun and exciting episode. Yami, tell us about your show. Tell everybody out there uh, where we can find you, what the show's about. Well, it's a podcast. Um, so Cryptid Chat with Yami, uh, it actually came as a product of like pandemic, uh, quarantine, um, just trying not to lose my mind so I kind of fueled all that energy into trying out something new so I I had been listening to podcasts for a while and I thought let's try to make a podcast about something that we like so I've always been fascinated about the cryptid like cryptid community the paranormal the strange anything weird um this just always been very interesting to me so I created cryptid chat with Amy and literally that's what we do we talk about cryptids we talk about supernatural the paranormal conspiracy theories and just anything weird and unknown that you can think of but we try to do it in like not only just like an educational sort of way I guess you could say but also just having fun um so that's pretty much what we do we cover a variety of topics we have guests sometimes pop on sometimes um the episodes will just be with me and you can find us um to listen pretty much anywhere podcasts are found but we also can be found on social media so we have a twitter uh which is at cryptid chat and then we also have instagram which is where we're most active and that's at cryptid chat girl so yeah follow us and and talk to us about cryptids and weird things we love that Awesome. It's funny that you mentioned about starting a podcast during the pandemic. I want to say there was a ridiculous uptick of new podcasts that started because of the pandemic. A lot of people sitting at home just feeling the exact same way. You don't want to lose your mind. You want to have some sort of creative outlet. Sure, why not? Pick up a microphone. Everybody's got their own story. Everybody's got their own ideas. And uh, that definitely blossomed the whole podcast community Mm -hmm. covid children we started talking about this podcast i would say i want to say april is when we really started talking about doing it and then we did a bunch of work through may when it came to artwork and names and concepts and then i think june and july was really planning how our seasons were going to go and august is when we really kicked it off we've only been around for seven months yep wow That's awesome. You guys are awesome, though. I I love following you guys on social media. (laughs) We we have a lot of fun with that. (laughs) We are very social. All right. So today, as promised, we are discussing a cryptid. And we brought Yami on the show because this uh, this is her specialty. Today, we are discussing... The Mothman. Right from the start, I'm going to ask Yami, what is it about the Mothman? Even before we we dive into the lore, even before we dive into anything uh, related, what is it about the Mothman that attracts you to that lore? So Mothman was actually one of the first cryptids that I had ever heard about. Um, when I was a kid, I was that nerdy child that always watched like the History Channel and the Discovery Channel and, and Animal Planet and whatnot. Um, and they used to give like a lot of like documentaries and specials on 
the paranormal whatnot, but they would talk about, like, Bigfoot or the Chupacabra and, like, uh, Nessie, so the big ones. But one day I saw, uh, it was a special on the Mothman, the story of the Mothman. And for whatever reason, it both equally terrified me and equally fascinated. It was the first time that I had seen, like, a cryptid that, like, I would genuinely be afraid of, I guess. Um, and was so different, you know, Nessie water, you know, Chupacabra land, Bigfoot land, but this was a cryptid that was, that by all accounts is a flying humanoid. I'm, it, in my head as a child, it was just, again, terrifying, but the story was just so fascinating that it just, like, it sucked me in, and even to this day, so many years later, like, Mothman is still, like, the cryptid of fascination for me. Mm. Yeah, I, I, not many people may remember, and may, maybe it's with a resurgence of looking into cryptids and the Mothman. Um, my first take on the Mothman was actually the movie The Mothman with Richard Gere. Mm -hmm. And I distinctly remember that film and going, hmm, this is something that's obviously made up for a film. But then you go in and you look at the background and you look at the lore and, and you see there's so many sightings. There's so, so much history to it. It's a very interesting cryptid. I would say it's, it's one of the more elusive ones, obviously, but pretty outstanding. I agree. Uh, Talking about the movie The Mothman Prophecies, right? Yeah. 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 With, uh, with Richard Gere. That was a yeah, it was originally movie. a book. Yeah, by John Keel. John Keel, who we've talked I about. I was going to say, we, yeah, we've mentioned the name. That dude gets around, I'll tell you. He does. <laughs> that he, that will, that he did. <laughs> so the, a little background. The Mothman is a cryptid. Uh, the story begins in, in Point Pleasant, West Virginia. And it starts around November 15th, 1966. It started with a newspaper report from a couple who had spotted some sort of flying man-sized bird creature. From there on, it spirals into many different other sightings, many different pieces of lore, and just became this huge thing. About that encounter, right? I'm not exactly sure about the, the couple's name. But they approached the, the humanoid figure in the road, right? And they noticed the apparent wings on this humanoid figure. And it kind of veered off and avoided the car as it was coming down the road. But they noticed it. They saw these, you know, big red eyes and it kind of shook them. So, so they're going down the road and they're speeding up and speeding up because the driver can see in the rearview mirror the red eyes and the shadowy figure of this being following them. And it said that they even sped up to like 100 miles per hour and still couldn't shake whatever it was kind of crazy terrifying Their names were roger and linda scarberry and steve and mary millette those are the name of the two couple mm -hmm. that had seen this alleged creature but what if the mothman he was scared of the car and <laughs> started following it because he saw the taillights and thought they were the matching eyes of a potential mate uh, they were another moth yeah. person oh, <laughs> like it was just trying to chase down a bud damn. that's why that's why they couldn't <laughs> shake him <laughs> Yeah. It was a moth lady. Leave moth yeah. alone. Yeah. He was like, oh man, I've never seen that in these woods at long last. <laughs> just flapping his big mothy wings and just. It's got to be sad. <laughs> it brings up a question, and it, it's a thing that I had previously thought of, and I specifically did not look it up because I, I kind of wanted us to explore it. With the sightings of the Mothman, is it possible that Mothman is not just a single creature? 
but part of a greater group of creatures that all look the same, obviously, of some sort of other species. Now, is it possible or are we just looking at just the singular creature that exists? And I've heard a lot of theories when it comes to Mothman. Like there's been a lot of given explanations to try and explain what were people seeing, what are people still seeing, because there are still sporadic um sightings of Mothman and not just centered um, in Point Pleasant, West Virginia anymore. We've seen like pockets of sightings in like Chicago and stuff like that, for example. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. It does, when you look at the description of the Mothman and what people experience when they seemingly see him and whatnot, it seems to sometimes have almost like ties to, it, it seems familiar to legends of other creatures like Globally, there are other cultures that have these legends of these flying humanoids that seem and sound very similar to Mothman. Um, so, to me, it makes it definitely makes me wonder: like, is it like you like you mentioned? Is it one singular being or entity or whatever, or is it a collective grouping? Is it like something tangible? Is it not? Um, it's very interesting, and I've heard back and forth debates on it. Um, I really have, I really have no idea, and I think that's part of what's so fascinating about Mothman. Like, is he Mothman, or are there Moth people? We have no idea. <laughs> I would definitely like to believe that there's a small population of them, because I would just feel really bad for the one and only Mothman continuously searching for his yeah, people. That's yeah. gotta be sad. Going through the Virginian woods and just being like, ugh. And then he sees taillights, and he gets all excited, and it's just a letdown. Uh, so uh, and he just sees people screaming. Uh, <laughs> so, just got real. <laughs> it's just people screaming. <laughs> yeah. We put kind of a correlation on this, though, when we talked with Jeremy from Infant Rabbit Hole about Mothman and the West Virginia area being, I guess, in kind of close proximity to New Jersey and that whole area, and how a few accounts of the Jersey Devil actually sounded like it could have been a misidentity of either the Mothman or vice versa. Yeah, I've definitely heard that. Like, if you even look, like, I've heard people linking um, some of the sightings the way that the Mothman is described to, like, um, the sightings of, like, the Owlman or um, even Thunderbirds. Like, there's a lot of similarities in the different descriptions that we get from people's experiences. So, could it potentially be that people are experiencing the same thing and just like our mind is trying to comprehend what we're seeing. So we just kind of like link it to the first thing that we think can logically explain that we're seeing. It's, it is definitely something that I think would be worth looking into because you're right. New Jersey, like, like, Jersey Devil territory, let's put it that way, in Mothman territory, they're not too far away from each other. Yeah, in some instances, they even overlap. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. It's not that far-fetched to believe that he's probably not the only one. And mm-hmm. especially if you look, like you said, in other countries and other cultures. Frank and I, when we were guests on Dads on Dayquil recently, we had been talking about Bigfoot. And we discussed how throughout the world there are many different cryptids that kind of match the same description mm-hmm. as Bigfoot, but they call it something different and they have different lore because obviously it goes along with their culture and what they believe in their culture to be. If they are a worldwide phenomenon, and I will say they, then yeah, other cultures definitely see them differently than we do. 
they're not going <laughs> to call it a Mothman if they don't see it as a moth or if they don't associate with moths. And it's a, it's a good one. Put it this way. If there are cultures in the world that still we have just discovered or we knew about, but they don't know about us, it's entirely mm. possible that there is, whether you call it Yeti or Sasquatch, Bigfoot, whatever it is, it's entirely possible that there is a cryptid that's out there that's like that. Because if you've been out in areas, which I know you have, that are just completely vast and open, especially forest, that's area, mm -hmm. like in mountains and those areas, humans don't go there, rarely, unless you're an, it's an adventurous person and you go hiking or you're doing something. It's entirely possible that there's another winged cryptid that's humanoid-like that we just keep seeing. And it's just so happens that it's happening in vast areas. But the thing that's starting to happen around Chicago with sightings like that, that's a really populated area. It's intriguing. That's what kind of makes me scratch my head about it. The condensed reports of seeing the Mothman instead of just sporadic one or two here or there. Like a lot of the time you're seeing these condensed amount of reports, one general area. That's really interesting because like, I know one of the explanations that's given from Othman um, is that he's like a sort of like uh, like this like omen, like a harbinger of like doom and that he supposedly mm -hmm. appears before mm -hmm. something tragic happens or at least that's what the lore has been linked to him. So when I see huge pockets of sightings peak up that's the first thing my mind automatically goes to and i'm like think logically you don't know that and also i don't want to wish anything terrible on anybody but it is yeah. interesting that a lot of the sightings of people who encountered the mothman uh did experience i guess you could say tragic occurrences whether personally or like around them so it just adds to the lore of Mothman. Why does he uh, seem to appear during or, you know, before these kind of events? Is it just coincidence um, when he appears in, like, these, like, bursts of sightings? Is there, like, is it just so happens that, like, Mothman is just choosing this area? Or is there another mm. reason for sure? It kind of brings up this very, very deep conspiracy theory that even the fringes of conspiracy theorists barely know about, but brings up the thought of these things called destruction elves, supposedly around huge disasters, bombs going off, buildings collapsing, whatever the case may be. Right before the event happens, you start to see these small beings and they started calling them destruction elves because they're very, very short, very small, but you can see them in pictures and it's been reported so many times right before major tragedies that these beings would be there and the mothman is kind of in that line like you said there's a couple instances where he showed up right before this tragedy or this event that happened that was not fun a couple of those examples december 15th 1967 there was the collapse of the silver bridge which ended up unfortunately mm -hmm. killing 46 people and the incident obviously gives rise to the mothman appearing on the bridge and then the bridge collapsing and then we go to 1999 where russian ufologists claim that they saw mothman in moscow right before the 99 russian apartment bombings hmm. let's play the advocate for a moment let's say that the mothman is showing up at these events 
before these tragedies happen. What is the correlation there? What is that? Is the Mothman there to, in some other realm, is the Mothman there to make sure that these things happen or to start these things happening? Or maybe we're just looking at it as, like you said, he's a harbinger of doom, but in reality, maybe he's trying to, maybe it's the opposite. Maybe he's trying to help people. He's the hero. (laughs) Hey, it's all about perception. It's about perception. So what Mm -hmm. we see is the tragedy. And we see Mothman at these events before they happen. We, as humans, we we put the correlation together. We look at it. We go, oh, Mothman showed up before these terrible things happened. He's obviously to blame. But it's possible that it could be the opposite. Yeah, I'd prefer to believe that he's there to help. Like, if he knew something really bad was going to happen, I would really like to think that he's there to help people. But you never know. It could go either way. Coming from his description, I would say he's probably not there to help. (laughs) You don't know that. You can't judge a book by its cover. Yeah. Hey, guess. Whatever. Whatever. Now I'm feeling bad about myself about judging Mothman. (laughs) Thanks. No, he comes off kind of threatening. I see what you mean. First, we were talking about the car driving away, and Dave was like, yeah, I just swooped down and tried to attack these couples. But we turn around and we look at it. Oh, yeah, he sees the taillights. He's just trying to fall in love, and Dave's over here painting him as a villain. But that's just a theory. Now we're talking that's about- just a theory, though. Maybe- Well, when, <laughs> when you describe him as a large flying man with 10-foot wings, yeah, I'm going to be a little freaked out. And after seeing Mothman prophecies, a little freaked out, you know, and with all the other rumors, like the guy's got reflective eyes. How many people do you know that have reflective eyes besides your dog with a flashlight in its face? Uh, what's that uh, dude? Seriously. Zuck. First of all, how many people do you know with reflective eyes? We have to question them. Yes. <laughs> you email us. <laughs> well, if you... <laughs> One thing is for sure, Monster Quest on the History Channel did not depict Mothman as a friendly, helping creature, and I know that for sure. No, they did not. Wow, that's an old show. Hell yeah. One thing that I always found pretty interesting, and it's kind of a wild pop culture reference, but the entire reason that he gets his name was apparently from Batman comics. I had no idea about that. Originally, like he was, he was called the Birdman in the newspapers, like the first original newspaper reporting. Makes so much more sense. Yes, it just sounds cooler, I guess. Birdman, the Chronicles of Birdman, the Michael (laughs) Keaton movie. Uh. (laughs) So you you know the the statue of Mothman that they have in Point Pleasant. Do you think he ever just like chills by it? I hope he never gets self-conscious about it because, like, he's, like, the statue has, like, a, like a six-pack and everything and, like, buns of steel, like... <laughs> That's so true. That thing is buff. It's a lot to live he's up to. He's so mad. He's like, a six-pack? Are you kidding me? I got an eight. What <laughs> He just flies off into the woods, just pissed. Could you imagine if it was the opposite, though? They gave him a six-pack and he's just got this monstrous beer belly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, they made me look pretty good. It's funny he started out as Birdman because two volunteer firemen in the area that said it was a large bird with red eyes. I guess it was described as a crane, too. People could mistake it as a crane. 
But I mean, we've all seen cranes before. I might be wrong, but how many cranes have you seen that have 10 plus foot wingspans? That's like a common excuse that's given for Mothman is like that he's like a mistaken sandhill crane. And look, I live in Florida and sandhill cranes are literally like squirrels. They're everywhere here. It's very <laughs> hard to mistake a sandhill crane, in my opinion, for the descriptions of what people saw about Mothman. Like the most I'll give you is that sandhill cranes have like, you know, like this like red crested area on top of their head. But and they're they're big, but... 10 feet plus. Mm. That's a big bird. Yeah, and they're, they're crazy looking, but they're pretty unique. It'd be hard to misidentify that for anything but what it is. Mm-hmm. I actually think that they're that not mean, even native to West Virginia. That either. means like the whole southeast, middle east coast of the United States. They all have no idea what a sandhill crane is. This is real <laughs> off topic, like but I, I got to mention it. Have you ever seen a crane poop while it was flying? <laughs> wow, man. <laughs> Wow. Why was it majestic or why was it scary? You you better hope that you're not under that, but that was crazy. Like, props, props. (laughs) We mentioned the... (laughs) It's a weird flex. Odd flex, but okay, Crane, I see you. We mentioned how uh, people kind of mistake it as a crane. And in 2016, there was a TV station that published a photo saying that the Mothman was there. Um, And it was taken by an anonymous man. And a science fiction writer, Sharon Hill, said that the photo showed, quote, a bird, perhaps an owl, carrying a frog or snake away. And that there is zero reason to suspect it is the Mothman as described in legend. (laughs) Yeah. Come on. It's a letdown. <laughs> I know the photo you're talking about, too. It, it, and yeah. Yeah, that's, a, that's another, again, the, just any, like, local bird species that looks large um, could, is, is often given as, like, as an explanation for Mothman. I've heard owls a lot, too, because of the fact that, like, you know, they can get pretty big, they're dark, they're nocturnal, mm-hmm. and, you know, reflective eyes. So I, I can understand that, but, yeah, yeah but it's kind of a letdown. Yeah. Owls are pretty daunting to see in person because you rarely, rarely see them. So when you see them, you're like, oh, whoa, you're, you lock eyes with it. But you know it's an owl. After five seconds, you're like, oh, that, that's probably an owl. If it's not an owl, I'm dead. <laughs> or if you're dealing with cats out here, out in the middle of nowhere. Oh, the mountain cats? Yeah, yeah. You just see two glowing eyes and hear some uh, really ominous purring and it's all over. I really want to look this picture up, but is it almost as bad as that video that we saw about Jersey Devil? Where the uh, thing like, chain, like that it was so it was so bad. Uh, it was terrible. What did we describe it as? Somebody threw it like a yeah, football. Yeah. <laughs> like gravity had that thing by the gut. Yeah, you just jettison a pinata that looks like a dark goat from a slipknot video out of a carbine <laughs> cannon, and that's what it looked like. It didn't even like change course. No. It looked like a, it looked like a pinata. It was straight lined, yeah. Yeah, it was, they it was filmed it right awful. at the apex of its arc. Yeah, and then they used the flip <laughs> phone to film it too. Another thing that kind of goes with the Mothman is fakes. You know, we're talking about fakes now, especially with that Jersey Devil video. But <sighs> so a lot of people have done hoaxes when it comes to the Mothman filming things. One of the bigger hoaxes was reported by a group of construction workers. <laughs> They tied flashlights to helium balloons. Balloons? They took pictures of it. <gasps> yeah. <laughs> 
they said that the effect of the glowing eyes quote were between the flash of the camera and the flashlights either way who's mistaking a 10-foot humanoid with wings with balloons and flashlights Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's a big balloon (laughs) hey they exist that's true. That's true. It's frustrating when you hear like about hoaxes like that because like for like especially in the cryptid community like a lot of us do believe that like a lot of these creatures could like legitimately exist whether they're like a tangible being or not. Um so these people that literally devote their whole lives to chronicling like the sightings um and looking for evidence like when stuff like that pops out it's very disheartening and it makes it makes it more difficult to um, really try and find the truth. Um, it, it's, it's discrediting. It's, it's just, it's a little frustrating. Um, but mm-hmm. Mothman's really become like a pop culture icon, especially lately. So I know he's been getting a lot more attention. Um, Mothman is, is, is up there in names now. It's shining lights and whatnot. So it wouldn't surprise me if we start to see more of that, especially because technology's gotten a little better too, uh, than the yeah. flip phones and whatnot. But like, <laughs> It is a little frustrating when we have those kind of instances. Because, um, dang it, we just want, we just want, we want the proof. We don't want yeah. the, the balloons. <laughs> that actually brings up a, a question that you would think that with the advance in technology of cell phone technology, especially, you have a small computer in your pocket now and, and it has the best cameras. But either way, you know, everybody's got one of these things in their pockets and there hasn't necessarily been an uptick in sightings of cryptids, whether it be Mothman or Bigfoot or any of the other cryptids. And I just wonder, what is the thought behind that? Do you think maybe it's these cryptids are being a little more careful? Are they cognizant of being of being sighted? Do they know, hey, let's avoid this so that we're not seen? I wonder about that. I've seen a thousand videos of supposedly Bigfoot out in the woods. You don't see that many of, of Mothman, at least in modern day. There's no accounts really of Mothman. There's this one picture that I think is from mad long ago where he's up on top of a church or a building or a town hall or something mm-hmm. black and white and it's it's really distorted and really old. If Mothman is an actual entity that some people are seeing, is it interdimensional? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's a, that's oh. a, that's a big thing. You get that a lot for Bigfoot too. A lot of people explain that like. I think especially when people are encountering these cryptids, um, I mean, I can't speak for everybody, but if I see a 10-foot wingspan dark creature with red eyes, the last thing I'm thinking is to pulling out my cell phone. Um, That's very valid. (laughs) uh, Then again, that's not every generation's response to... um, to seeing something terrifying or cool in front of them. So I think that's part of it is like just our initial reaction is just like not to necessarily do that um so Mm. that's i think a good reason why we just don't have a lot uh outside of just people's accounts like them telling us what they saw but like the the theory of mothman being like an interdimensional or like even almost like a, a paranormal sort of uh entity is i think one of the coolest theories in my opinion just because uh it would explain a lot about Mothman and uh, Mothman's comings and goings and whatnot. Um, plus, like, this idea that a lot of the the 
people that experienced um, a Mothman sighting um, afterwards began to experience a lot of very strange things happening to them, like psychologically, um, nightmares, paranoia, premonitions, like a whole bunch of very strange things just to their psyche. So it makes you wonder, like, you know, is seeing a, a, a tangible creature have, can that have that kind of an effect or is it they're experiencing something else? Um, and it definitely, if it's interdimensional or, or paranormal, then it would be um, quite difficult to procure any kind of solid evidence to an entity that can be there one second and disappear the next. However, it so does, you know. Yeah. Believe it or not, that you, you, theory makes the most sense in, in my head for Mothman so far. The whole idea of being this this barringer of doom and tragedy, potentially. I feel like nothing of this planet would have that capability unless, say, it were interdimensional and had some sort of ability to make things like that happen. Or, like you said, even have an effect on people's psyche after sightings. The matter of not being able to capture photos or the, the elusiveness of it, it, that makes a lot of sense in my head. It's very similar to Skinwalker Ranch. You have a lot mm -hmm. of parallels with that. If you're going to talk interdimensional stuff, and yeah. you're, you know, I'd want to take a lot of credit off of that because we're probably going to cover that in the future. But it's got a lot of parallels to Skinwalker Ranch because you're talking about even the accounts of seeing a being at just above ground level with eyes staring at you. And yep. it might not depict wings or a bird like man but the things that happen to a lot of people whether it's physical or things that happen in their psyche after these experiences there clearly whatever's going on at that place is not good cattle mutilations and all this weird stuff that happens so could it be something that's on the same plane what if what's going on at skinwalker ranch is a whole different dimension than what we're interacting with with mothman or even Sasquatch. I don't want to get too into it, but I personally think that Bigfoot is probably of this earth. We never figured it out. Yeah. I mean, he is the mascot for Jack Lynx. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you don't get much more human than that. You guys bring up a, a great point, especially when it comes to uh, psychological trauma, I guess you could call it, when coming in contact with Mothman, if he were an interdimensional or, or extra-dimensional creature. And I see parallels with extraterrestrial interactions. So if you look mm -hmm. at a lot of abductees, when they come in contact with extraterrestrials, afterwards, there are a lot of psychological issues. There are the same type of thing where they have the premonitions, they have the terrible nightmares, the almost PTSD that continues on for the rest of their lives. Some are not affected the same way. For instance, Travis Walton, he seems to think that he had almost as scary of an experience as it was to be abducted. He almost had a, a calm experience because he didn't think that the extraterrestrials were there to hurt him. But maybe that is such a thing because we are on this dimensional plane. We're in the 3D dimension. If we were to observe a 5D creature or an extra dimensional creature, maybe our brains couldn't handle that. 
And maybe that is the cause for a lot of the issues that these people have following these sightings or with extraterrestrials following abductions. Like I said, you mentioning the psychological things that really like ties things together almost. Very Hmm. interesting. Very interesting. It is interesting. I've heard about Mothman potentially being UFO related. And like you said, there are correlations for for a fact like I, again, I think the thing that makes Mothman so interesting is just like, and cryptids in general, it's just like, there's so many theories and they can go literally, there's evidence for it, just about every theory. Like you could really go toward that avenue. Um, but there's, it's almost like this mystery of like, okay, we don't know, we want to know, but will we ever truly know? Um, and Mothman is just one of one of many that fit into that category so like i don't think it's far-fetched at all to even consider a ufo link because there are a lot of similarities to ufo encounters absolutely and it would explain also a lot of like just mothman's comings and goings as well you know a lot of people look at extraterrestrials they look at interdimensional beings but there are extra dimensional beings they are beings that exist outside of a dimension and their comings and goings are that's the enigma right there that's the the ultimate mystery so is it possible that we see these cryptids and and maybe they are something that exists beyond the ability is there I would say. Mm-hmm. We previously talked about how we saw the Mothman as the villain. Well, Dave did. Uh, Dave sees the <laughs> Thanks Mothman a as lot. a terrible, terrible Under villain. the bus. Under the bus you go. Wow. I don't know how you villainize such a creature. But, <laughs> but I will say in West Virginia, where the sightings began in Point Pleasant alone, you mentioned yeah, yeah, I mean, the statue that they have there. But they also have a festival, a yearly festival really? devoted what, to the Mothman. What, what does this festival involve? I wasn't aware of that. Oh, it's beautiful. It's been around since 2002, I believe. They also have a Mothman museum there. I have never had the privilege to physically go, but I've seen it thousands of youtube videos about the festival but it's literally just it's it's the mothman festival it it, it tracks vendors of all shapes and, and swords there's um usually guest speakers that are invited like from the cryptid or like the paranormal community and there's usually like this is pre-pandemic so uh they would do like bus tours into like the tnt area um it's just like people come and just just share the love that they have for cryptids and especially Mothman. So some people dress up even. It's pretty awesome, actually. Yeah. Uh, you, you just mentioned the, the TNT area. Yeah, you mentioned area. the TNT area. Can you explain that a little bit? Yes. Yeah, so the TNT area is basically the considered kind of like the the hub of mothman like his domain if you will like when the original sighting um with linda and roger scarberry and steve and mary mallet like they they were in this area the tnt area which is basically it was a large plot of area that during world war ii was actually a um it was used to manufacture ammunition, so like dynamite and things like that. Um, and it was formerly known as the West Virginia Ordnance Works. It's had like buildings, tunnels, and things like that uh, between 1942 19, to 1945. So again, World War II. Uh, once the U.S. Army was done with it, they cleaned it up, 
I say quotations on that because they did a terrible job. And it was just kind of abandoned. <laughs> uh, the area eventually... Yeah, it was terrible. <laughs> the area eventually became like a landfill. It was like partially used for like an airport. But it became the... What's known now as the McClintic... Oh, excuse me. McClintic Wildlife Management Area. And it's just like, you know, uh, you can go fishing and there's hiking trails and running trails and whatnot. Uh, but a lot but of don't these... Don't get blown up. Yes, please. <laughs> no, don't. Uh, there's a lot of like the old like structures of the There's still area. explosives sitting <laughs> yeah. around there. There's some... Yeah. yeah. There's still be Apparently stuff. it's like 3,600 acres of old land and it's just swampy woodland areas, like she said, with hiking trails. But there's still live ordnance all over the place. So, so you were just like, you're just like, you want to go to McClintic today? Yeah, let's go for a jog. Just like, red, like, red mist. Yeah. Yeah. So that 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 kind of makes me think of another question: Is Skinwalker Ranch isn't too far away from a bombing range that we used? There was a definitely military property out there in Utah that they used. So if this being government property where there's ordinance still on it, it's kind of a weird thing that a lot of things, whether it's UFO sightings or even some some cryptid sightings, I guess this one being from a militarized land area from the first sightings. It's just a strange correlation that all these kind of things happen around where the military's blown shit up or been poking around, <laughs> you know? Yeah. I'm trying to connect in my head what would make this TNT area a central hub for the Mothman, whether it be the seclusion, kind of, because like you said, they kind of revamped the area into uh, you know, a little getaway, fishing, hiking sort of deal. So people still come in and out of this land, maybe not as much as mm -hmm. a small town would, but there's still people. Yeah. So is it the, the seclusion factor of it? Or like Dave said, is it some sort of connection to the military? I know like the area when the military, you know, finally cleared out, eventually they found out that there was, of course, heavy like environmental damage done to the area because of all the ammunitions and who knows what the, that was done there. So like it's heavily polluted Ow. and it wasn't until I think like 2007 that they, I guess cleaned it up as well as they could like i'm talking like a good like s several like inches off of topsoil and everything like cleared uh -huh. out of some of these areas um so there's people that that wonder if you know this pollution into the area and did it could it have um affected the wildlife in such a way that perhaps it basically may have created a mothman maybe it is a mutated creature um and so I've heard that mentioned to why it would be specifically tied to this area because it basically was inadvertently <laughs> it's a created. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the military was actively detonating things out in that area. They used it um, to manufacture ammunition and house it there. So I'm talking like those those pictures that you see when you like Google the TNT the TNT area. It has like those concrete like igloos. Like they were using those mm -hmm. to like store like thousands of like pounds of like gunpowder and dynamite. So, but they didn't test any. They weren't exploding anything out there. I don't think so. Nothing was so, like nothing was nuclear radiated or. 
I just think back to something that was previously said, maybe on our episode, I forget where it was mentioned, but like the explosion of nuclear bombs or really large explosions that happen tend to maybe tear a hole in in space time. Mm-hmm. realistically, depending on the size of it and the location of it and how it reverberates throughout the Earth. I just thought maybe, especially when you look back at Area 51, they had tons of bomb test sites over there. And if you look at the areas where the military has tested huge ordnance and really huge bombs have gone off, those tend to be hot spots for sightings of UFOs. They tend to even, be hot spots for sightings live of cryptids. Missile. Live Live missile silos, exactly. I don't know if there's any kind of connection there. Obviously, if they didn't do any kind of ordinance testing out there, then my whole theory is bunk. But but it is one thing that I just thought of, maybe some sort of vibrational rift that could open up something else. If you believe the theory that like there's also potentially places on Earth where there's almost like you said, like a tear or like a like a portal or just a rift in general between either dimensions or planes or what have you like um could it be that this area is is one of those areas because i know that um there there's legends um that specifically speak about like uh the first uh the first nations peoples that inhabited the surrounding areas uh, being very weary of West Virginia and considering it to be like a cursed area and whatnot. So um, it it makes you wonder again like this, like could this area itself just be an area that is a rift or or whatever and and that just so happens that that the military chose to be there or maybe not coincidentally chose to be there um because there is definitely like in just about every single like large military like base or installation you do see them as hot spots like even after they have vacated those areas they are still pretty active for just strange stuff happening uh for whatever reason that may be that damn getting weird montauk vibes it's still the same parallels with like Skinwalker Ranch that's got local legends with the native population that's right there. They avoid a mesa that's right there. And it's the same thing if somebody avoids a whole state you know, that's filled with forests. And it's coming from people that have been here before us. If it's coming that far back, there's something going on. For hundreds of people to come forward and say that they've seen this with no video, cell phone technology is brand new. We just haven't gotten there yet. All the big things that you see that somebody might have taken on a cell phone when it comes to cryptids recently, so is editing technology has gotten really good. Yeah, yeah. A lot of it's probably BS. And if we can't see some of these things, what if Mothman only comes out in a certain time, the same times that you see Jersey Devil or other cryptids that we were going to be talking about or others have talked about? What if Mothman only lives on an infrared plane and then, boom, comes out into visible light when we can see it? Nobody's claimed that they've been touched by this creature. No. It's not like the Jersey Devil accounts that we've had where there's a few of them where somebody said it like came onto the top of their car. I don't think it made any marks or anything like that. It's strange. A lot of these accounts are from like the 50s, 60s and stuff. It's just word of mouth at that point. 
Mm-hmm. Mm. I think the closest we've gotten, like like looking back at different Mothman sightings, is like uh, you know hovering, flying over cars, hovering, flying over houses. Um, there was I think one account where somebody mentioned Mothman. It, it seemed like Mothman was over the roof of the house, like and they could hear like footsteps potentially. We've heard uh, encounters with this this like piercing, screeching noises that it apparently makes. So, but again, nothing well, that's necessary, terrifying, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> A very high-pitched, like, squeal, like a pterodactyl kind of deal, uh, supposedly, but, like, no What fit- if it's a pterodactyl? It's a pterodactyl. Yeah. Listen, I said the same thing about the Jersey Devil. Pterodactyls, I'm sure, still exist you somewhere. You really think so? People believe Loch Ness Monster exists. That's a pletiosaur, right, mm-hmm. essentially? Who's to say that there's not dinosaurs that are just flying and swimming and there's probably nobody on land. There's the only guy that's on land is a big furry guy that looks like Chewbacca. And then everything else is interdimensional because our feeble human brains can't understand. So what you're telling me mm. is that the Mothman is actually a pterodactyl that has been evolving very slowly and gone into a supply of leftover gunpowder, making his eyes very irritated and red. And the the, the, <laughs> the fur and the hair is actually just uh, gunpowder residuals. Nailed it. Poor mom, yeah. man just needs some eye drops. Uh-huh. <laughs> he needs a little bit of visine and a little bit of soap that they use to clean the ducks and the oil spills. Dawn. Dawn dish detergent. Dawn, yeah, he needs a little bit Dawn. of Dawn. God damn you, BP oil. Just rub it on his little head. It's just a giant duck that's just like, <laughs> oh, I got covered in oil in the TNT area and I can't get out. You know, It's a strange one. That's for sure. And there's, there's a lot of different routes of thought for it. A lot of different possible explanations. Let me ask you all a question. Have you ever seen anything, not even cryptid wise, have you seen anything UFO wise? Because, you know, Frankie and I talked about UFOs in one of the declassified discussions and some of the things that we saw how many times in I had a cell phone during that time. How many times how fast were you to whip out your cell phone? You weren't. You were you were in awe yes, staring. Yes. No, you're right. And especially if it can fly up to a hundred miles an hour. If it was chasing after that vehicle at a hundred miles it's an a hour. Fast butt. Yeah. That further makes the question of how many times do you think he's been spotted and nobody even thought twice about it being Mothman. It's, it went by so quick. Who's going to sit there and go, oh, that was a Mothman. <laughs> There's so many different things and aspects of the legend of Mothman that make it so just interesting and was so great to talk about and discuss because you could go on for so long about it and attack it from so many different angles. That's one of the great alluring things about cryptids in general. We're attracted to the unknown. It fascinates us. It, it might scare us, but it fascinates, I think, more than anything. And we want to, we want to know. We want to have answers but i think there's just some things we just may never have concrete answers for um Mm -hmm. but i do so strongly believe that like people are seeing something and i don't think uh i I don't think there's anything really to discredit that people are experiencing something they're seeing something what it is um we can only kind of piece together with our limited um human minds and understanding of the universe and all that exists in between and beyond it, you know. Well said. On that note, we will wrap up this episode of the Cryptid Chronicles. I will ask my cohorts, David, do we believe in the Mothman? I'm going to say there's definitely something going on there. And I, if, if you want to say me and I'm going to go off my, my crazy head, 
I'm going to say if we're dealing with anything that's physical, we're really bad at finding stuff. (laughs) Human beings track record is really good at finding stuff. If it's that elusive, my personal feeling is it can't be all the way on the plane that we're existing on. It has to be coming in and out similar to maybe just UFOs in general or Skinwalker Ranch or any of those types of things that you see even Bigfoot who knows who knows Loch Ness Monster could be Pleiosaur that just keeps going in and out glitching because it got blasted by a rock and that type of explosion caused a rift in space time and he's just like oh god I'm back in Scotland never mind I'm <laughs> stuck in that 404 <laughs> error so, yeah so you know he could just be in uh, like we talked in mind uploading he could be in his own purgatory he's the Pleiosaur is sitting strapped in a chair plugged into the matrix and he's just stuck in this skinny lake and he's not used to that so <sighs> another sad take from dave oh my god <laughs> well, i mean that that seems to be like a kind in my head anyway that seems why does it have to be sad because they're all so lonely you can't even say they're not well, he's in the, he's in the they're all so lonely yeah oh if i was the mothman and i was the lone mothman i'd be pretty booty yeah and that uh, i'm the lone mothman. <laughs> exactly so yeah, I think he's real. He's hanging out. What if a Mothman is a girl though? Hmm. Hmm. Mothwoman. Questions. <laughs> Mothwoman. Hmm. What if? What if every time you say, "Oh, the Mothman," and there's the statue that says the Mothman, she's just like motherfucker, like yo. <laughs> <laughs> That's why she doesn't show up anymore. She's yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> Another three month break. Frank, this is a tough one for me. I'm not gonna lie to you because I feel like there is a vein of truth to this. Um, hmm. by no means do I believe that every sighting was valid and absolutely Mothman. If I believe in anything out of the Mothman, it would be that it is some sort of interdimensional creature that comes and goes as it pleases, or like we said, maybe even something along the lines of the Jersey Devil, where it's kind of set on uh, some sort of schedule almost. Hmm. I think that the Mothman has become a pillar of the community of West Virginia, and everybody wants to have a story. Everybody wants to have seen it. But I, I don't discredit it entirely. I believe in the Mothman. I just don't believe in every one of the sightings. Yami, any final thoughts? Um, well, Mothman's my my, my moth. Uh, <laughs> I did, <I've, laughs> Since I first heard of Mothman, I said I believe in Mothman. As I gotten older and again looking at all the different evidence people's sightings the plethora of documentaries and books that have come out since then like i think that there's something there i i believe in the idea of the mothman that um it is something what it is i don't know but i do believe in mothman Uh, and hopefully mothman is not too lonely out there (laughs) If it comforts you, Mothman believes in you. Uh, what if it's actually just Bezos or something? <laughs> Zuckerberg? Jesus. That's his retirement plan. He's just going to do yeah, Mothman like, stuff. Wings. Every drone. <laughs> got wings and red eyes that look like bike reflectors. I'm all set. I'm just saying I've never seen Mothman and Jeff in the same room. That's that's a great <laughs> point. That's a great point. Never so, once. So since he left Amazon, do you think there's going to be an uptick in Mothman sightings? You never know. <laughs> we'll have to keep an eye on that. Look at that. If there sure. is, Mike, we might know why. Mike, send me your package of what you think Mothman is. You know, I think as with most cryptid 
stories that exist, there is some sort of truth to it. There's so much lore across all cultures, across the world, that exists that it's hard to say that every culture just comes up with some sort of creature and says, yes, this is what exists out there. There has to be some sliver of truth to it, whether it be a misidentification of some other animal that they don't know what it is, or it actually exists as another creature. There is a truth to all of these lores out there. As far as it goes with the Mothman and how the story propagates across the world in different ways and in different cultures under different names, under different whatever it may be, I do believe that he exists, he or she exists as a creature. And I think a lot of other cryptids do exist as a creature. The thought of it being some sort of interdimensional or extra dimensional creature or entity is very intriguing and definitely makes your mind race with the possibilities of if that is true, what else is true? What else is mm -hmm. real? The correlation, I think, between the psychological factors that come into play with Mothman sightings and UFO sightings, I think are also very interesting. The long and short of it, I say Mothman exists. If it is what we describe it to be, whether it's some sort of mutation or some sort of evolution of something else or some sort of creature that exists beyond our reality is yet to be seen, but I'm for it. We're all Moth fans. Oh, yes. <laughs> Mothman moth has people. many. Mothman has yeah, we are the fans. <laughs> we are the moth people. <laughs> <laughs> it was secretly a hoax this entire time. Like, they just let out one single Mothman to gain groupies. <laughs> and then there once there was a good enough following, they're like, all right, you can, you, can, you can go home now. That's a great name for a podcast network. The Moth People. The Moth People. <laughs> just a bunch of cryptid shows. Yeah. Yes, I think that does it for all of us with our yes. final thoughts. Yami, please, and thank you, first of all. Thank you for coming on as a guest. Yes, we thank you. thoroughly Big enjoyed thanks. you being here. Thank you, guys, yes, for it's, inviting it's, me. It's taken Absolutely, some time to anytime. get it going. We got it going, and it definitely won't be the last. Oh, yes. yay. Uh, we, we hope to have you back in the future if you would be so obliged. Absolutely. I would love to chat cryptid or anything else like anything weird strange um I, I i work from home so i have a lot of spare time right now <laughs> all right yami please again tell everybody where we can find your show where we can find you on social media all that good stuff yeah so cryptid chat with yami you can find it on instagram again at cryptid chat girl on twitter at cryptid chat and then um, we are pretty much anywhere where you can listen to podcasts. So Apple Podcasts, um, Spotify, et cetera, et cetera. And we are always open. Our DMs are always open. I give permission to slide in to send stories, <laughs> um, chat about anything cryptid, strange, weird, and beyond. Um, we love to interact with the community. This community is amazing. And um I just, I love getting to meet new people because of it. So if anyone listening would like to just even say hi, we love that too. <laughs> Again, Yami, thank you so much. And Hushlings, get out there, subscribe, listen, 
to Yami and her show. If you're a fan of our show, you're a fan of her show. So thank you again for coming on. And we will see you at our next debriefing or at our next Cryptid Chronicles, which I believe, boys, is on one of the cryptids of my people. Oh, your people? Yes. I've been I've been waiting for this one for a while. The Yupacabri. So stay tuned for our next Cryptid Chronicles. Thank you, everyone, for stopping by. Look for us on our next Hush Hush Society debriefing and go buy some merch. We have a really cool Mothman doing a kickflip hoodie, and it's dope. <laughs> it's, it's really awesome. We're super proud of that shirt, and it is our best-selling Ooh, item so currently far. in our shop. So We are making it a t-shirt. It's yeah, got to happen. It's yes. got to happen. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I will personally put it in the shop tonight. Make sure you check out our shop. Make sure you reach out to us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all that good stuff on our social medias. You guys know where to reach us. Thank you for stopping by for Cryptid Chronicles. I am Mike. I'm Dave. I'm Frank. Flap, 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 flap,